U.S. Business Day opened in Taiwan in Taipei on Thursday, with the goal of connecting Taiwan suppliers with U.S. companies. The two-day matchmaking event brought together 170 Taiwan suppliers and 18 U.S.-based companies, including Amazon. This year, U.S. Business Day featured pre-recorded messages from 30 U.S. state officials who called for closer Taiwan-U.S. cooperation. On stage, it's representatives from Taiwan External Trade Development Council, the Bureau of Foreign Trade, and the American Institute in Taiwan. On the screen, it's Joseph Semsar, Deputy Undersecretary for International Trade at the U.S. Department of Commerce. This year's U.S. Business Day features a virtual component. The conference opened on Thursday. <laughs> Amid warming Taiwan-U.S. trade ties, this year's event was attended by U.S. federal and state officials. There is the Deputy Undersecretary, along with 30 officials representing U.S. states. In pre-recorded messages, they said they looked forward to working closely with Taiwan. The coronavirus pandemic has also reminded us that Taiwan has a great deal to be, to be proud of on the world stage. Through both President Trump's signing of the Taiwan Travel Act and Secretary Azar's visit to Taiwan, we reaffirm our commitment to the U.S.-Taiwan friendship. I'm very pleased to convey my greetings and congratulations. Amid Taiwan's coronavirus success, Washington has signaled greater commitment to its ties with Taiwan. Earlier this year, U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar came to Taiwan to highlight its efforts in battling COVID. He was followed by another top official, U.S. Undersecretary for Economic Growth, Energy and the Environment, Keith Kroc, who discussed trade cooperation with Taiwan officials. The foundation for the U.S.-Taiwan relationship is our shared values, which include not only our democratic values, but also our economic values. I hope that the relationships you make today will continue to grow during the next investment summit and beyond. We often describe the U.S.-Taiwan partnership with the phrase, real friends, real progress. The strengthening of our economic and trade relationship with the U.S. is a win-win situation. The U.S. is currently one of the fastest-growing regions for Taiwan exports. Such a bilateral relationship, especially in trade and industrial cooperation, is mutually beneficial. I think it's something both U.S. and Taiwan would be happy to see. TITRA Chairman James Huang said Taiwan and the U.S. started up closer trade cooperation back in 2019. He said that boosting trade ties were an opportunity to deepen the broader bilateral relationship. Taiwan-U.S. cooperation. On stage, it's representatives from Taiwan External Trade Development Council, the Bureau of Foreign Trade, and the American Institute in Taiwan. On the screen, it's Joseph Semsar, Deputy Undersecretary for International Trade at the U.S. Department of Commerce. This year's U.S. Business Day features a virtual component. The conference opened on Thursday. <laughs> Amid warming Taiwan-U.S. trade ties, this year's event was attended by U.S. federal and state officials. There is the Deputy Undersecretary, along with 30 officials representing U.S. states. In pre-recorded messages, they said they looked forward to working closely with Taiwan. The coronavirus pandemic has also reminded us that Taiwan has a great deal to be, to be proud of on the world stage. Through both President Trump's signing of the Taiwan Travel Act and Secretary Azar's visit to Taiwan, we reaffirm our commitment to the U.S.-Taiwan friendship. I'm very pleased to convey my greetings and congratulations. 
Amid Taiwan's coronavirus success, Washington has signaled greater commitment to its ties with Taiwan. Earlier this year, U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar came to Taiwan to highlight its efforts in battling COVID. He was followed by another top official, U.S. Undersecretary for Economic Growth, Energy and the Environment, Keith Kroc, who discussed trade cooperation with Taiwan officials. The foundation for the U.S.-Taiwan relationship is our shared values, which include not only our democratic values, but also our economic values. I hope that the relationships you make today will continue to grow during the next investment summit and beyond. We often describe the U.S.-Taiwan partnership with the phrase, real friends, real progress. The strengthening of our economic and trade relationship with the U.S. is a win-win situation. The U.S. is currently one of the fastest-growing regions for Taiwan exports. Such a bilateral relationship, especially in trade and industrial cooperation, is mutually beneficial. I think it's something both U.S. and Taiwan would be happy to see. TITRA Chairman James Huang said Taiwan and the U.S. started up closer trade cooperation back in 2019. He said that boosting trade ties were an opportunity to deepen the broader bilateral relationship. E-commerce marketplace Taobao Taiwan announced Thursday that it will end all Taiwan operations at the end of this year. The decision came two months after Taiwan's Investment Commission determined that Taobao was a Chinese company, despite being registered in the UK. As of 11am on Thursday, new orders could no longer be placed on its website. Arrive at the homepage and it's a stark sight with no product listings to be found. On Thursday, Taobao Taiwan suddenly announced the end to buyer orders and merchant listings, effective 11 a.m. It also announced the end to all Taiwan operations by the end of the year. I haven't used Taobao Taiwan before. I usually just use the main Taobao website, and the prices I've seen haven't been that much better, so I don't think the impact will be massive. It's very hard to be sure of quality when you order products online, so I'd say I have a certain degree of doubt about it. Taobao Taiwan arrived in Taiwan last October under the flag of a British-registered company called Clara Venture Investment. The site has shelled out big to be in the market, racking up expenses for business registration, advertising, free shipping, and even a digital wallet service to court users. It's faced repeated complaints over edging out local e-commerce companies. In addition, there were persistent charges that it was effectively controlled by China's Alibaba. Amid increasing concerns over user privacy, the Investment Commission ruled in August that it was a Chinese company and issued a fine of 410,000 NT. Taobao Taiwan was given six months to withdraw its investment or re-register as a Chinese entity. Now less than a year after its debut, Taobao Taiwan has decided it's game over. The objective criteria for what constitutes Chinese capital have never been clearly defined in the law. And so in some operating environments, we are hampered by the law. The Taiwan market is simply not that big, and yet the law allows all these companies to jump into the competition. The result is that Taiwan's pre-existing industry environment is affected. Beset by controversy, Taobao Taiwan has announced its withdrawal, along with layoffs of some 75 employees. Its exit is also expected to affect hundreds of thousands of merchants. In the weeks to come, the terms of their compensation will be under heightened scrutiny. The National Health Research Institute has announced a plan to build a sprawling biomedical production site at Miaoli's Junan Science Park. This project is envisioned as a base for Taiwan's public health efforts. It will be used for the development and production of rapid screening. 
The National Health Research Institute has announced a plan to build a sprawling biomedical production site at Miaoli's Junan Science Park. This project is envisioned as a base for Taiwan's public health efforts. It will be used for the development and production of rapid screening, vaccines and therapies against diseases. The project will cost 4.4 billion NT, about half of which will be from the central government's budget. Earlier this week, local media reported that the rest is from a so-called mystery donor. Health Minister Sun Suzong was asked about the mystery donor at the Legislative Yuan on Thursday. He confirmed to a lawmaker that the donor is Samuel In, a Taiwanese business magnate and philanthropist. Cities and counties across the country are imposing limits on free flu shots as demand for the vaccine reaches record heights. Taiwan is just 10 days into its free flu shot program, but has already used up 45% of the supply. In Taichung and Zhanghua, shots are now restricted to people 65 and older. Jilong City says it will no longer administer shots to people whose households are registered out of town. A long line has formed this morning as people wait for a flu shot. Just 10 days into the government-funded vaccination program, there are already complaints of a shortage. They had shots for just two or three days before announcing they were out. It's puzzling. Why are there so few of these free flu shots? According to Taiwan CDC data, more than 2.73 million doses were administered in the program's first 10 days. That's 45% of the total, representing a 27% jump year on year. In Taichung, limited supplies have prompted restrictions at neighborhood clinics. Now only the elderly are eligible for free shots. At community clinics, we are providing flu vaccines only to people 65 and up. So long as the demand remains so robust, the health bureau will impose controls on vaccination every day. A complaint has come from a parent who took a child to Jilong to get shots. The family was refused because the household registration was in Taipei. According to officials, every administrative district gets a supply of shots equal to 25% of the registered population. Dilong has only about 100,000 doses, yet it has been hit with a flood of out-of-towners hunting for a vaccine. In response, Jilong health authorities announced that only registered locals could get shots locally. They also imposed a daily limit on vaccines. If people who want shots have to go back to the place indicated on their ID, that's a great deal of trouble. It's troublesome not just for the kids. Parents might have to take the day off so that they can take the kids. I feel that this program should be convenient for people. If all Taipei residents with the ID prefix of A came here asking for shots, would I need to provide them? Taipei City has controls, New Taipei has controls, every city and county has controls in place. The ways in which they implement those controls are different. Over in Taipei, there are many neighborhoods scheduled for flu vaccination in November. But with the national supply shrinking fast, these communities fear there won't be enough left over. Local wardens say they're feeling the pressure from anxious locals. Of course we are very worried. If we're scheduled too far back, then there won't be enough vaccines by then. Of course the community is very anxious. They're pushing the neighborhood heads to find a way to sort it out. The central government says supply of shots free and self-paid is sufficient to reach 31.5% of the population, which is high enough for herd immunity. 
Amid fears of a twindemic of COVID and flu, Taiwan is seeing a record vaccine demand that's left local clinics struggling to keep up. Irrigation water has been cut off in some 2,000 hectares of farmland in Taoyuan, Shinzu and Miaoli amid a worsening drought. The Council of Agriculture has announced subsidies for affected farmers amounting to at least 120,000 NT per hectare of ruined crop. Here in the stretch of paddy in Miaoli, rice grains have already begun to appear. At this growth stage, plentiful irrigation is crucial. But on Wednesday, the Water Resources Agency announced a halt to irrigation in areas near the Zhonggang River and in fields supplied by the Mingde Reservoir. Farmers are not happy. Yesterday, the central government announced irrigation will be suspended in the Mingde Reservoir Irrigation District and areas fed by the Zhonggang River. <laughs> This rice could be harvested in about one month. This year, the rice looks beautiful. They look great. If you tell us farmers to destroy them, it's really hard to bear. For the first time in 56 years, no typhoons made landfall in Taiwan during the wet season, putting water supplies in jeopardy. The Water Resources Agency issued a warning in June on an impending shortage, and now water rationing is underway. Mingda Reservoir is at its driest in 20 years, with only 19 days' worth of water left. The Water Resources Agency has suspended irrigation in some areas, but that means there will be nothing to harvest in the fields. The Council of Agriculture says it will subsidize farmers to protect the livelihoods. President Tsai Ing-wen announced on Facebook that farmers in areas of Taoyuan, Xinzhu and Miaoli that have been left without irrigation will get the maximum subsidy. We will offer our highest compensation. Each hectare will get 120,000 NT or more in subsidies. Over in Jianghua, the water supply is secure in northern areas of the county. But in the south, farmers are already having to take turns to irrigate their crops. In the Babao 1, Babao 2, and Cizipi irrigation canal systems, an irrigation rotation system will be implemented. To be eligible for COA subsidies, farmers must submit an application within 10 days of the irrigation suspension announcement. Six people were issued fines after being found fishing on the concrete blocks of a breakwater in New Taipei. The blocks were designated as off-limits after a string of incidents of fishermen falling into the sea. Each of the six fishermen were fined between 30,000 and 150,000 NT. New Taipei says the regulations are meant to protect people. A New Taipei fisheries official says that in autumn, northeasterly winds give rise to unpredictable waves and gusts that can make fishing dangerous in some areas. Not at one ice shop in Hualien. Tired of entitled customers, the owner has put up a list of eight rules for all customers. Those who break the rules are asked to leave. So far, the owner said they've kicked out nine people. An employee serves food and greets customers in a friendly manner. In the service industry, encountering entitled customers is inevitable. But the owner of this shop has decided that he's had enough. This is something that's happened to everyone. A lot of shop owners encounter it. Customers will throw their money like that. Lee decided to face the entitled customers head on and put up a list of eight rules at the checkout counter. One rule is that those who demand excessive customizations will be charged 100 times the original price. Another one says that if customers throw money at the cashiers, then food will also fly out. It's no joke. Lee has already kicked out nine people from his shop.
From about three years ago to now, there have already been nine people. It's just to remind customers that we need to respect each other. I also need to protect my employees. They shouldn't have to be yelled at while working here. Our boss is pretty protective of us and takes care of us employees. I'm very thankful to him. Lee isn't afraid to speak up for his employees. But do his rules offend customers? Maybe those with a really bad attitude won't come here to eat. It can maintain the quality of this store. I think the boss always stands with the employees and is able to see from their perspective. I think that's really great. In addition to keeping entitled customers out of Lee's shop, these rules have also successfully generated discussion about respect in the service industry. The third Taoyuan International Kite Festival will launch this weekend. Although international kite wizards can't join in live this year, they've sent in some unusual kites to be flown by local experts. To ensure safety, professionals will have their own performance zone, which is separate from a public space where anyone can try their hand. With the theme of outer space, this year's festival promises to be out of this world. An orange alien sits happily on a UFO wobbling around in the middle of the square. This giant kite will take to the skies in the festival. Because of the coronavirus, overseas teams have asked the Asian Kite Association to give a performance. There are so many different kite designs appearing. We have teams from 15 cities and counties who will perform. This is Taoyuan's third annual International Kite Festival. Kicking off this weekend at the observation deck at Zhongzhang Adjustment Pond, the festivities are themed around outer space. International teams have sent in kites of alien families and intergalactic vehicles for local experts to fly in their stead at the big contest. We've separated the professional performance zone from the public kite flying zone to increase safety. This year, we've got shuttle buses coming in from both Dashi Bridge Car Park and National Defense University. We encourage the public to use those buses as we believe that will be the most stress-free way to attend. Taoyuan city government will open extra temporary car parks near the festival site and offers free shuttle buses for free to give festival goers an easy, relaxing way to enjoy an outdoors trip. The new Taipei government is holding free English language camps for technical and vocational high school students. These one-day camps give teens a chance to learn workplace English and then practice it at a real workplace. Let's take a look at it in action. Good afternoon, sir. May I take your order? Um, yes. Let's see. I think for starters, I want a green salad, please. What kind of dressing would you like? Thousand Island or Caesar? It's a role-play scenario starring a teacher and New Taipei's head of education, Zhang Mingwen. They are foreign dignitaries visiting Taiwan. The kids serve them food, providing services with a smile and in English. Let me introduce Ban Chao for you. Mm-hmm. We are now in the New Taipei city government, which is in Ban Chao. You can obviously discover that here is the most prosperous zone in the new type of city. Then the students role play as tour guides, pilots, and costume designers. Enya Wu from Singapore said it's her second time participating in these English language camps, which are a great way to build self-confidence. I've always had an interest in this aspect, fashion, ever since I was young. And I was Singapore. Singapore doesn't have uh, schools like high schools that teach fashion. It's like just education, you know, like science, maths. Uh, but Taiwan has like you can study 
fashion or you know like makeup cosmetics while also still while still being in high school. We remind you if you need any special attention, all of our crew will be ready to assist you. This is Gino Shu who role played a pilot but dreams of becoming a diplomat. I'm really interested in politics and languages and international affairs. I have learned now how to work with the people from different schools and from different majors because we are all from different majors. Some of them from, uh, I don't know, apply English, some of them from uh, business management, some of them from marketing. Because winter is coming, so they added some snowflakes. This year, New Taipei is hosting one-day camps for technical and vocational high school students. Half the day will be spent on campus, learning English that can be used on the job in a range of industries. In the afternoon, the teens will visit real-life workplaces like hotels and cafes to apply what they've learned. There will be 12 different uh, events uh, will occur in our university and uh, workplace. So there will be near thousands students have an opportunity to join this activity. So we hope in the future our school, uh, our students uh, uh, could use their skills and uh, language uh, to enhance their specialty. I mean, the, the direction they're going right now, I think is already really good. I would just tell them, you know, continue really to have a thick face when you're learning another language. And I think most of them are already doing that, so I'm very proud of them. Um, they're some of the best students in all the new Taipei schools as far as test scores and speaking ability. These free camps will take place at 12 different schools from now to June 2021. They are part of Taiwan's plan to become bilingual in English and Chinese by 2030. Besides organizing the camps, the new Taipei government government plans to add 12 foreign teachers to vocational high schools this year. For most of the news, Stephanie Ye, Zhong Yigong in New Taipei City. Taiwan's craze for Japanese Wagyu beef shows no sign of slowing. Figures show that imports of the premium beef have been high this year, despite the impact of the pandemic. New Wagyu items are appearing on menus up and down the country. A fillet of premium A5 Wagyu beef is cut from the steak. This cross-section shows its even marbling. The house sauce is drizzled on top and then it's into the pan. The brisket is chosen specially for its tenderness. Eating this, I can taste the flavor and sweetness of Japanese Wagyu. I love barbecued beef. We're working specially with a famous barbecue brand, offering a double flare Wagyu bowl. You can pair it with a surf and turf donburi for different flavors. We expect this will boost our profits about 20%. Premium Wagyu beef is piled up high. Individual slices go in the pot and are cooked through in just a moment. Japanese bull restaurants aren't the only ones on the Wagyu train. Hot pot restaurants are even offering Wagyu in all-you-can-eat deals. The Taiwanese love hot pots, and in the last few years, Wagyu has really taken off. So that's why we're trying them together in this. We hope profits will rise by at least 30%. Finance ministry figures show that since 2017, annual Wagyu imports have been worth at least 1 billion NT. Even with the effect of the coronavirus this year, imports for the first half of the year were 420 million NT. It's no wonder restaurants all want a piece of the pie.